0: We continue with our reading from uh, Ambia, the Sharh and commentary of uh, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali, wa ta'ala, on the hadith of Sayyidina Abu Darda anhu from the Prophet about the virtues of seeking knowledge ably translated by Imam Zayd. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, increase his rank and uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give him uh, the good of this world and the hereafter. The weeping of the heavens and the earth. Love for the scholar is not limited to the animate. In fact, inanimate objects also love him. This meaning is conveyed in the explanation of the verse, Heaven and earth wept not for the wrongdoers. Commentaries on this verse mention, that, mention the following narrations. The sky weeps uh, 40 days for the believer when he dies, and the earth says to the believer when he is buried, You were the most beloved of those who walked on my surface. You will see my gentle treatment when you are resting inside of me. Only sinful men and jinn hate the believer and the scholar because of the rebellion of the sinners and the jinn against Allah requires that they place their obedience to their wild inclinations ahead of their obedience to Allah. Therefore, they hate obeying Allah and hate obedient people. Those who love Allah and obedience love those who obey Him. They especially love those who call people to His obedience and command by the same call. Furthermore, when knowledge appears on the earth due to the presence of scholars and is acted upon, blessings abound and sustenance descends from the heavens. This benefits life for all, including ants and all other kinds of tiny creatures. This is due to the blessings generated by and for the scholar. The denizens of the heavens and uh, the denizens of the heavens give glad tiding for the acts of obedience and righteous deeds that ascend from people on the earth and they seek forgiveness for those who are responsible for those deeds. The opposite accrues to one who conceals knowledge that should have been rightfully manifested. Allah, the angels and the denizens of the heavens, curse the concealer of knowledge because he strives to extinguish the light of Allah. As a result of his concealment, sin, oppression, enmity and tyranny appear on the earth. Allah says, Indeed, those who conceal what we have revealed of the clear proofs and guidance after it has been made clear to the people in the book, they are cursed by Allah and cursed by those who rightfully curse. It is said that this verse was revealed concerning the people of the book who concealed the descriptions of the Prophet وسلم, contained in their scriptures. Abu Hurairah, the who used to say, Were it not for one particular verse in the Quran, I would not have narrated a single hadith. He then recited the above mentioned verse. Baraat bin Azib relates from the Prophet وسلم, concerning the verse, They are cursed by Allah and cursed by those who rightfully cursed. He informed us of those entitled to curse these corrupt people. They are the beasts of the earth. This is also related directly from Bara. A group of the righteous forebears have said about those who conceal beneficial knowledge, the beasts of the earth curse them, saying we have been denied rain because of the sins of the children of Adam. Concealing religiously beneficial knowledge leads to ignorance and sin. This results in the cessation of rainfall and in the descent of tribulations that afflict the beasts of the earth. They perish because of the sins of the children of Adam and they curse uh, those who are responsible for their demise. Now, this may seem a a bit fantastic, uh, and it may actually seem a a bit uh, uh, of uh, an exaggeration, but uh, just think of it this way. There are many people who say, oh, well, you know, if Islam was so great, how come, like, Russia and America are, like, ruling the world or whatever? And uh, how come China is ruling the world or or whatever? And look at what, uh, you know, all this industrialization, look at all of this, you know, cancerous growth-based ideology has done. It has essentially forced those people who are not interested in that uh, type of lifestyle, in a lifestyle that's uh, harmonious with the earth, to uh, either die and be trashed uh, by the cancerous model or to adopt it in order to compete. And uh, uh, yeah, you know, all those species going extinct and all of the microplastics in the ocean and all of the um, facade literally the mischief, ظهر في والبحر. Uh, that facade, that mischief and pollution and in uh, uh, toxicity and in uh, the stripping of resources and the killing off of species uh, which is the opposite of the khilafa that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established on the earth uh, of uh, uh, Banu Adam to be the steward and the shepherd of his creation um, that facade is literally catching up with people and uh, you know, if the earth you know had a personality which like we mentioned again and again all of those things that are uh, in the earth Uh, uh, all of those things that we think of as inanimate there's a world and there is a realm in which they have a personality and an anthropomorphic form Uh, all of those things uh, you know in that world where that reality simultaneously exists with their inanimate uh, forms in this world Uh, if they were to be asked of course they're going to curse the people who wasted them and destroyed them chapter seven scholars and worshippers It is obvious from the preceding chapters that the love of the sincere scholars is an essential part of the religion. Ali said to Kumail bin Ziyad. Loving the scholars is an act of worship. A well-known narration exhorts us, be a scholar, a teacher, a listener, one who loves them, and do not be... Uh, of a fifth category and thereby be ruined one of the righteous forebears said glory be to allah who has made for the people a way out this means that whoever abandons any of the first four praiseworthy categories necessarily enters uh, the fifth and is ruined he is neither a scholar nor a student nor a listener nor one who loves the scholars he is therefore ruined uh, and this is this is a, a very perilous, uh, you know, situation for a person to be in because there are so many people. you know, between like communist and colonial propaganda, uh, you know, they've literally turned the word mullah or molvi or, uh, you know, faqih and sheikh uh, 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 and all these things into like a cuss word. Oftentimes these are Sufi, Darresh, all these things that are used derisively in in uh, in many of our lands. Uh, and so if loving the uh, uh, you know loving the people of ilm is an act of worship, then to cuss them out is minimally a sin if not kufr. I mean, it's just like somebody who says, I hate the prayer, or I hate the fast. And uh, the fact that someone abuses one of those things or doesn't do them properly is not a a proper justification for uh, for conveying uh, such a, a, a blanket negative feeling uh, toward uh, those things that we're commanded by the dean to love and revere. He's neither a scholar, a student, listener, nor one who loves the scholars. He is therefore ruined. Whoever hates scholars, he loves their ruin. Whoever loves their ruin loves for the light of Allah to be extinguished on the earth and for sin and corruption to appear. This is consistent with what Sufyan ta'ala, and others amongst the righteous forebears have said. A servant of a particular ruler hated Abu'l Faraj uh, ibn al Jauzi. Uh, this is ibn al Jauzi, the old Hanbali uh, sheikh, not ibn Qaym Jouziya, the the, the uh, uh, direct sheikh of ibn Rajab. But uh, Ibn al-Jozi is one of the great muhaddithin and one of the great Hanbali mashayikh and one of the great orators of Baghdad. They say, you know, tens, if not a hundred, over a hundred thousand people used to attend his his waad, his 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 sermons and his uh, preaching. Uh, amongst whom there were repeaters that repeated the 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 bayan because uh, the crowd was so huge uh, that would come to listen. Uh, one of Ibn al-Jawzi's friends saw the man in a dream being carried to hell and inquired uh, of the reason for such a terrible state. It was said because he hated Ibn al-Jawzi. Ibn al-Jawzi relates, uh, when the hatred and abuse of this person became unbearable, I sought refuge with Allah that he exposed his weakness, Allah therefore soon ruined him. Allah Ta'ala be our protection. And the thing is that that's the problem. Love and hate is for the sake of Allah Ta'ala and they are more properly connected with aqidah than they are with fiqh. And uh, it's the, the hadith of the Prophet wasallam that the person who, gives for the, who loves for the sake of Allah and hates for the sake of Allah and gives for the sake of Allah and withholds for the sake of Allah, that person has um, perfected their iman. Uh, meaning what? That uh, loving and hating is a, an act of the heart and it is an act of iman. To kill a scholar is to kill a successor of the prophet at the time of hajjaj the, uh, the time when he killed saeed bin jubair saeed bin jubair was one of the prominent students of abdullah bin abbas تعالى, and hajjaj is the uh, renowned homicidal maniac enforcer of banu umayyah at the time hajjaj killed Sa'id bin jubair the people were in dire need of saeed's knowledge hajjaj thus pre- prevented the people from benefiting from that knowledge Someone saw in a dream that Hajjad suffered trials uh, of being killed once for everyone who fell during uh, his assault in Sa'id. For slaying Sa'id, he was killed 70 times. Uh, meaning that his 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 uh, punishment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was, was uh, manifold 70 times uh, more than it was for uh, the killing of all those who were killed uh, uh, that he fell uh, in, in the assault on getting Sa'id bin Jubair. This understanding is consistent with the idea that the most severely punished of people is one who kills a prophet. Since the murderer has striven to work corruption in the earth, whoever kills a scholar has killed a successor of the Prophet ﷺ and has likewise gone to great lengths to spread corruption in the earth. For this reason, Allah specifically linked the killing of the prophets to killing one of the righteous scholars. Those who reject the signs of Allah Taala and unjustly kill the prophets and kill those who command justice and announce uh, and kill those who command justice announce to them a painful punishment. Ikrimah, as well as the others amongst the righteous forebears, said concerning the following verse. Whoever kills a human being except as a retribution for murder or corruption in the earth, it is as if he has killed all of humanity. And whoever saves a life, it is as if he has saved all of humanity. Whoever kills a prophet, a just imam, uh, uh, kills a prophet or a just imam, it is as if he has killed all of humanity. Whoever supports a prophet or a just imam, uh, it is as if he has saved all of humanity. The full moon and stars and the planets. The Prophet ﷺ said that the superiority of the scholar over the devout worshiper is like the superiority of the full moon over the rest of the heavenly bodies. Meaning conveyed by this hadith, the meaning conveyed by this hadith has been related from the Prophet ﷺ by way of Mu'adh and Abu Darda, عنهما, with a broken chain of transmitters. The metaphor contains a comparison between the scholar and the full moon. The full moon represents a scholar owing to the exquisite luminance of its light uh, 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 while the planets represent the devout worshippers. The difference in the radiance between the full moon and that of the planets represents the difference in the virtue uh, between scholars and devout worshipper. And the devout worshipper. The underlying reason for this, and Allah knows best, is as follows. A planet's light does not extend beyond itself, whereas the light of the full moon shines upon the earth's inhabitants. They are illuminated by it and guided uh, in their travels. And as I can attest to myself from my experience in the Badia, is that the moonlight is very strong. You can see things outside in the moonlight. With all the light pollution in the city, it's hard to hard to know, but you actually cast a shadow in the moonlight. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned the planets, not the stars, because the planets are not used for guidance as much as the stars. Hence, they have the status of the devout worshipper, whose benefit is limited to himself. As for the stars, they are the heavenly bodies that are used for guidance, as Allah Most Exalted said, and by the stars, people are guided through the land and the sea. He also says, It is he who has set for you the stars that you may be guided by them through the darkness of the land and sea. In another hadith, the Prophet ﷺ also compared the scholars of his nation to the stars. It has been said that the moon derives its light from the sun, just as the scholar is a reflection of the light of the divine message. For this reason, he has been compared to the moon and not the sun. The Prophet was a lamp and a luminous moon which shone upon the earth. The scholars, as his heirs and successors, are compared to the bright and luminous full moon. Righteous Scholars, the First to Enter Paradise The Prophet narrates in a sound hadith, The first contingent to enter paradise will resemble the full moon. Those entering after them will resemble the twinkling stars. It is not unreasonable to say, and Allah knows best that the righteous scholars are amongst the first contingent because they occupy the status of the full moon in the world. They are joined uh, by the distinguishing believers or by the distinguished believers, uh, those whose anecdotes are remembered, hearts are softened when they are mentioned, and their words are sought. As for the second contingent, they are the ordinary believers. When Imam al-Awza'i, and he was the Imam of the Syrians in, the, uh, in knowledge in the time of the Salaf, Imam al-Awza'i was an Imam of the Sunnah uh, in Sham, uh, and I believe he's actually buried in uh, in the modern nation state of, of Lebanon, uh, uh, and his mazar is still there, and uh, there's a madrasa that, that accompanies it. Um, the, uh, uh, imam al-awza'i was uh, full of knowledge and intensely fearful of allah a person saw him in a dream saying i haven't seen anything in paradise greater than the rank of the scholar and the righteous sober individuals who fear allah the virtue of knowledge over ordinary worship the hadith of abu darda who clearly indicates the preference of knowledge over ordinary worship there is much evidence for this position Allah says, are they equal, those who know and those who know not? He also says, Allah elevates in degrees those who believe amongst you and those possessing knowledge. Abdullah bin Mas'ud anhu and others amongst the righteous forebears have explained this to mean that Allah has Allah raises those endowed with knowledge several degrees above the unlearned believers. Tirmidhi rahimahullah ta'ala relates from Abu Umama anhu that two men mentioned to the Prophet sallallahu wasallam. Two men were mentioned to the Prophet ﷺ, one of them a devout worshipper and the other a scholar. The Prophet ﷺ said, The virtue of the scholar over the devout worshipper is like my virtue over the lowest of you. Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah, rahimahumullah, relate a hadith from Ibn Abbas, عنه, related that the Prophet ﷺ said, A single knowledgeable believer is harder on shaitan than a thousand devout worshippers. Ibn Majah relates that Abdullah bin Amr, radiyallahu said, The Messenger of Allah emerged one day and entered the masjid. He found before him two gatherings, one engaged in the Quranic recitation and invoking Allah ta'ala, and the other in scholarly discourse. The Prophet said, In each there is good. These are reciting the Quran and invoking Allah. If he He will if He wills, He will grant their request, and if He wills He will withhold it. These are engaged in scholarly discourse, and I have been sent as a teacher. He then went and sat with the latter. He said, these are engaged in scholarly discourse, and I have been sent as a teacher. He then went and sat with the latter, which is a clear uh, sign of superiority. Ibn al-Mubarak said after relating this hadith in Kitab al-Zuhd, uh, that the latter are better. Tabarani said from, Umar bin, uh, from Abdullah bin Omar, uh, from the Prophet وسلم, that a little bit of knowledge is better than abundant worship. Bazar, Hakim, and others relate from the Prophet ﷺ on the basis of numerous chains. Copious knowledge is more beloved to Allah than copious worship. Scrupulousness is the best thing for your religion. Ibn Shihab al-Zuhri ta'ala attributes the following saying to the Prophet ﷺ, The scholar is 70 degrees more virtuous than the devout worshiper. Between each two degrees is the distance it would take a swift horse 100 years to traverse. The nations, or sorry, the narrations from the righteous forebears on this subject are quite numerous. For example, it is related that from Abu Hurairah and Abu Darrah al Rifari that the least amount of sound knowledge is more beloved to us than a thousand rakaat of uh, nafil prayer. Ibn Majah states that Abu Darrah related this directly from the Prophet Wasallam. Abu Darda عنه, said, Studying religious knowledge for an hour is better than spending a night in prayer. It is related from uh, Abu Huraira that the Prophet said, Attaining religious knowledge is more beloved to me than standing the entire night in prayer. Abu Huraira also said, Knowing a ruling related to a command or prohibition is more beloved to me than fighting 70 battles in the way of Allah. And so, I mean, obviously, uh, <laughs> our uh, whatever Fox News people will have a field day with this uh, on the other side. But, you know, put, put all those issues to the side. Imagine having to fight a battle. It's very dangerous. There's a lot of sacrifice involved in it. 70 battles is like, you know, very few people go through 70 battles and then, like, actually get through all 70 of them alive. Uh, and if they do, they're also like a hero, right? Well... Uh, uh, you know, if you want to really be a hero, then uh, this ilm is where, where you'll show it. And those are the people they know because they did both. They did both. They're not just one person deprecating another, one person deprecating one service of Islam uh, through another. Ibn Abbas anhu said, Studying part of the night is more beloved to me than spending its entirety in prayer. Abu Musa al Ash'ari. Rahimahullah Anhu said, studying with Abdullah bin Mas'ud is better for my soul than a year of worship. And subhanAllah, they're both from the muhajireen. They're both from the muhajireen. They're both from the first tier of, uh, of believers. Al-Hasan al-Basri from the first tier of the believers and the companions. Al-Hasan al-Basri said, "Rahimahullah, learning an aspect of knowledge and teaching it to a Muslim is more beloved to me than possessing the entire world and using it in the way of Allah. Uh, and this is also deep because it values the source of wahi being divine and therefore therefore values it over material things. Whereas, uh, you know, we have a lot of, mashallah, communities filled with people who are like, hey, where's the money? Where's the money? Uh, uh, you know, so-and-so brought in the money And they brought in these hits And they brought in this YouTube uh, users And Facebook followers And, uh, you know, big money in the f- fundraising And the donations and the donors and whatever And uh, the person who brings the miraf Of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, It's as if it's worthless to them وَالْعِيَادُ billah Allah Ta'ala Protect us and forgive us for our uh, Ignorance in the past And guide us and guide our qawm Al-Hasan al-Basri said, Learning an aspect of knowledge and teaching it to a Muslim is more beloved to me than possessing the entire world and using it in the way of Allah. He said on another occasion, If a man correctly learns an aspect of knowledge and acts upon it, it is better for him than the entire world, even if he were given the world and used it all toward the hereafter. He also said, The ink of the scholars and the blood of the martyrs flow in a single stream. He said, "Nothing which Allah has created greater uh, 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 in terms of its reward. Nothing which Allah has created is greater in terms of its reward than seeking knowledge. Neither Hajj nor Umrah nor Jihad nor Zakat nor emancipating slaves. If knowledge had a physical image, it would be more beautiful than the sun, the moon, the stars, the sky, and, the magnific- and a magnificent throne." Ibn Shihab Al-Zuhri ta'ala, said Seeking knowledge is better than the worship of 200 years Sufyan Al-Thawri ta'ala, and Abu Hanifa both said uh, May Allah ta'ala exalt their rank amongst uh, his awliya uh, There is nothing after obligatory worship better than seeking knowledge Sufyan uh, also said We know of no action better than seeking knowledge and hadith If one does so with a good intention He was asked what should their intention be uh, He said he should desire Allah in paradise Imam Shafi'i rahimahullah ta'ala said, Seeking knowledge is better than voluntary prayer. Mm-hmm. Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala saw one of his students recording knowledge. The student abandoned his writing and stood up to perform a, a prayer. Thereupon Imam Malik said, I'm surprised at you. That which you stood for is not better than the thing that you abandoned. Imam Ahmad rahimahullah ta'ala was asked, what do you consider better, that I should spend the uh, night in voluntary prayer or that I record knowledge? He replied, That you record uh, what you know of your religion is more beloved to me. He also said, Nothing is equivalent to knowledge. Uh, Muafi bin Imran said, uh, uh, Writing a single hadith is more beloved to me than spending the night in prayer. And it's interesting, if you look at the, the end of this chapter uh, that we just finished, it's it's is deep because he brings all four mujtahid imams, and there are many people who will uh, you know tweet about uh, oh look you know the uh, not in the not only in the Twitter sense but even in the uh, uh, you know chirping uh, chatter sense that uh, look you know the four madhabs dividing the ummah dividing the ummah dividing the ummah. And yeah, sure, someone may say, I mean, out loud, and someone may say it quietly, and someone may put their hands to the side, and someone may put their hands on their chest, and someone may raise their hands after, and someone may not. But the usuli matters they agree upon, which is the superiority of this knowledge. If people accepted that superiority, they would have known that the madhabs of the sunnah are not a source of division. In the ummah, rather, they are uh, great cornerstones of the intellectual edifice of this deen, uh, which is a kingdom and which is an empire that uh, uh, 10,000 uh, and 100,000 in a million years will pass. They will never erode. Uh, no matter who uh, is ruling and uh, uh, you know, no matter how beautiful or ugly buildings may be and no matter uh, what turn the, uh, the the people of the ummah take, that the core, if this thing is preserved, the core of the deen is alive and well. And if this thing is wasted, you can build the most magnificent masajid in the world. Some of them are being built right now and they are devoid of this knowledge um, uh, being learned or known, much less being practiced and uh, uh, they are nothing but a sign of the qiyama being near at hand Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect all of us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve this deen and this ilm. Allah taala, uh, Allah ta'ala support and raise the rank of those people who protect this knowledge and those people who teach it, those people who listen to it, those people who study it, and those people who are, are guardians for the people who are carrying out its work. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide to something better, those people who oppose it or don't give it its proper due, or move them out of the way at least so that they uh, stop uh, poisoning the, the pure well uh, uh, from which uh, Islam is drunk.